0: Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Amen. How many of you know that we are supposed to hunger and thirst for the righteousness of God? Matthew 5, 6 says that those that hunger and thirst for righteousness will be delayed denied. What does it say? They will be filled, Amen. Tell the person next to you, I know it's Wednesday, but I need you to act like it's Sunday, Amen. How many came to get a recharge tonight? You didn't drive all the way out here just to, just to show up, did you? How many came to get something from God? I figure I figure we're here, we might as well get something, Amen. Remember that there's there's times on Wednesdays when the, the flesh tells you don't go. You're too tired. You got things to do. You, you're busy. You need to get up early tomorrow. And then you get here, then you're glad you're here. But since we're here, let's get something from God tonight. Amen? Amen. Amen. I've, I've got a good word for you. Um, how many practice something? Let us see your hand if you practice something. How many know we all practice all the time? Now, as, as, as younger people, we We practice a lot of sports, or we practice in choir, or we practice, um, you know, instruments, different things like that, and and we we get older, we we, we don't think we practice anymore, but we practice. Anything we're doing consistently is practice, and practice is something very important because I I played a lot of years of sports, and one of the things that I, I had to come to realize if you ever played sports and you had a good coach was that practice was what made the game, I never liked it. I still never got to a place where I said, man, this practice is so fun because I wanted to play the game. How many do I have in here that played some kind of sport, you wanted to play the game? But how many know that practice, how you practice is how you play? The way the game, the, the games that are won in the world are won because practice happened. People took practice serious. And I started thinking about the word practice. And you're going to be surprised at what I'm talking about tonight, practicing, because you might not have ever thought about it. But if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Practicing righteousness. Practicing righteousness. That might not be something you would think that we would practice. But I want to show you in the Word tonight that we need to practice righteousness. And how many know tonight we are what we repeatedly do if you're a person here that repeatedly worships God you're a worshipper if you're someone here who repeatedly w- reads the word of God then you're a devourer of the word if you're a person here that consistently comes to church then you're a churchgoer and on and so forth whatever you do consistently and repeatedly is who you are and how many know before we became Christians and gave our lives to the Lord we were we were, some of us were whoremongers. Tell the person next to you, was that you? Were you a whoremonger? Amen. Don't, you don't have to answer. I just said to ask them. Amen. You may have been a liar. You may have been a thief. You may have been all of the above. But the Bible says now, as I said Sunday, we're new creations. All the old things are passed away. And I'm here thankful that all things have become new. And now we're starting a new walk, and we're starting to learn how, as believers, whether we've been saved for five days or 50 years, we're learning how to walk and practice righteousness. So we become what we practice. How I many you know nobody gets good at something without practice? It doesn't matter what it is. There is a natural born talent. There are some people who are born with a voice, for example. You might, you might hear, you know, a lot of people want to sing how many know that lots of people would like to sing? You can you can you can learn some a little bit of how to sing, but you either have a voice or you don't. y'all, y'all following me? I mean you can just tell when someone lets it out you, you can hear someone and they, you can say, okay, we, we can work on that a little bit. we could teach them how to stay in tune and all that but some people when they sing, you're just gonna be in the choir. You're not going to get a microphone, amen. And you can practice and practice and practice and practice, but you're not gonna, you're not gonna, it's not gonna happen outside of the power of the Holy Spirit, of course. With God, anything's possible. But we we become what we practice, and we whatever we're good at today is because we do it habitually. And what God wants us to think about is how habitually do we practice righteousness? Amen. So again, Matthew five six: Blessed are those who hunger. And thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. But how many know if we want to be righteous tonight, we cannot be righteous on our on our own. Read it later in your time, and, and this is a very interesting verse. I, many of you have heard it. Isaiah. I don't have it in the scriptures today. Isaiah sixty four six says, "Our righteousness, when we try to be righteous, when we try to do it in our own power without Jesus, is like filthy rags." Amen. And and if you don't know what that means, ask somebody. It's pretty pretty strong. Okay? It's like filthy rags. So when I try to be good without Jesus, my righteousness is filthy rags. So we need help. But that doesn't let us off the hook. Sometimes we have that attitude, okay, I can't be perfect, I can't be righteous without Jesus. And so we kind of let our guards down and we don't think that we don't have to go to practice. We don't think we don't have to work on it. But here's what 2 Corinthians 5 says, verse 21. And before I read it, we write this down if you're taking notes. We need total dependence on Jesus. Total dependence on Jesus. 1,000% dependence. And, and this is why we can be righteous tonight. For he, God, made him Jesus, both, both capital, trinity, who knew no sin, Jesus came from heaven, no sin, into this earthly body, as I think today or yesterday, I sent the verse out. If you don't believe Jesus came in the flesh, you're not saved. Major doctrine right there. If you don't believe that God Himself came into a physical body and walked this earth in a physical body, not not some kind of, uh, not some kind of image that they saw, but a real body, you're not saved. So he came down from heaven and, and the reason that's so important is because we're sinners and we're not righteous and we're in a human body and Jesus had to become what we, were, what we are so we could become who he is. So he had to become who we are so we can become who he is. Can I say that one more time? We can't be like God unless he comes down and becomes us so that we can be like him. So it says, he who knew no sin became sin for us. And then it says, that we might become the righteousness of God on our own, in him. So it starts off right now, if I'm going to practice righteousness, I've got to understand that my righteousness is in Jesus. Because there are people in religions and denominations that teach that the way you get to heaven is by doing righteous things and being righteous people. If you're disconnected from Jesus on that, your righteousness is filthy rags. But if you, as I believe you do tonight, believe that Jesus is everything and your dependence is on what he did on the cross, now I owe him my life. As I said Sunday, my true freedom comes from my total submission. Jesus now that I'm free I become a slave at the end of the service I think the second service I began to tell the people at the altar that the things of God are totally different than the things of this world to be exalted the Bible says you must humble yourself to become great you must become less all through the bible it's it's the opposite and so to be righteous you must be you must understand that his righteousness is what makes us righteous without him we're lost we're nothing we might as well not even try quit and give up but if you believe that jesus died on the cross for your sins and took your place and he is righteous now i've been bought with a price and i owe him my life and I stop thinking like a person who's carnal, and I start thinking like a person who's a child of God. Our mindset changes. And what I really want to focus on tonight is, is, is 1 John, if you'll go there in your Bibles, chapter 3. But I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. Because sometimes, and don't put the verse up please yet, how many, how many would be honest and, and have, would say, like me, for many years, I didn't really understand totally what righteous was. Anybody else not really understand what it meant? Do I have any honest people? Like, it's, 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 we know God is righteous. But how many know it's hard for us to understand righteousness when we're not righteous people? It's like we talk about all the time, a, a man who's trying to raise his kids as a good father but had no father in his life. How do you become a father and be a good father if you've never seen one? How can we be righteous if we've never been righteous before? And, and never seen anybody around us righteous in their own power. So, but here, here it, righteousness is actually simpler than we think. And what it is, is first it's total dependence on he is, he is our righteousness. So I can't do anything right without him. Because I'm a bad person. But really what it breaks down, if you'll write this down, is this. Is righteous, is living, is, is doing the right thing all the time. That's what it is. It's doing the right thing. That's it. Did you write that down? When? Always. In every circumstance. In every situation. In everything you face. In every decision you make. In everywhere you go. In everything you say. In everything you see. You say, I'm doing the right thing. And when you fall short and when you make mistakes, you fix it. And you make the wrong right. Right? But to be able to do right all the time takes practice. We have to wake up every day, as we've been talking about a lot lately, and crucify this. It's it's hard, church, to practice righteousness if we're living in the flesh. It's hard to practice righteousness and, and spirituality and godliness if we're thinking on carnal things. It's hard to practice righteousness if I'm feeding my flesh. How many understand tonight that it's hard enough as it is without feeding the flesh? Because our flesh is going to do bad by itself. We've been been coming to that understanding as well, that little babies, when they're born, uh, Psalm says we're born in sin. We're born with a sin nature. So we don't have to be taught to do wrong. We have to, to be taught to do right. And so we don't, have to, we don't really have to practice sinning because we're already good at it. It's natural. But righteousness, doing the right thing every single time, is something we have to practice. So let's look at 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. And we're going to read several verses here. Behold, what manner of love. And this is, this is the beginning right here. Why do I want to even be righteous? Because of the love of Jesus. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us. That we should be called children of God. Do you really believe tonight that you're a child of God? Do you really believe that? If you don't really believe you're a child of God, then you'll never, never, you're never going to act like a child of God. It's not a head knowledge, it's, a, it's an understanding in your heart that God has called you a child, that he has adopted you. And now that he has adopted you, you take on all his qualities. And you, and you thank God that he took you in as you were, in your situation. And it says we should be called the children of God. Now remember, not everybody in this world are children of God. Only people who put their faith in Jesus Christ are children of God. The others are creation of God. But not everybody's a child. You become a child of God when you cry out, Abba, Father, and you put your faith in Jesus Christ. Then you become a child of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God. So what he's going to start to say here, and I want you to get is, is God says now, now that you're my children, act like my children. Right? Doesn't that, isn't that what God wants His church to do? He wants His church to look like Him. It when people come over, I know I know dogs aren't peep children for sure, but they they act like children sometimes. We had some different people over over the weekend from our family and visiting. And my dogs acted different with the visitors at the house. So I don't have kids at the house anymore now. Matter of fact, it was the kids visiting. My dog doesn't ever go out the gate when we leave, but now that visitors are over, he's gonna come out the gate. Jerry happened to be at my house fixing something on my electricity, and in in the form that only Jerry can do it. He said, "Pastor, your dogs are loose and out on the street." No excitement, no worry, no. Pastor, your dogs are over there down the street. I said, Jerry, do you ever get excited? Do you ever get worried? Do you ever change your tone of voice? I mean, I was like, I was hoping you, Pastor, your dogs are out. But praise God for that subtle, nice, Pastor, your dogs are out. Amen. So I had to go chase my dogs down. And I, thought, and I said to the people that were visiting, I said to them, I said to the family, I said, it's interesting how the kids act up when people come over. Right? They don't act, that we all, we don't, they don't act like this when no one's around. Right? Am I right? So God wants us to act like his children when people are around. That, it's the opposite. We, we, the most important thing to God is that we act like children when we're around people that are watching. So that they can see Jesus in us. Okay? So let's keep reading. But we know, watch this, that when he is revealed, sorry, it has not been yet revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he's revealed, we shall be like him. Think about this for a second. From the moment we're born again, the goal is that by the time I meet Jesus, I'm the most like him that I can. Have you ever thought about that? That's the goal. Some people say, well, when I get to heaven, I'll get perfected. And when I get to heaven, I'll get it together. And when I get to, that's, 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 that's true. There's going to be a lot of perfection there. But our goal should be that by the time he comes to get us in the rapture or by the time we breathe our last breath, we're as most like him as we can possibly be. But then there's going to be a day that we're going to be fully like him. And it says, and we shall see him See, leave this verse. I want you to think about this. We shall see him as he is. How many would not, how many would like to have Jesus look at you and say, Whoa, you look just like me. Instead of, who are you? Amen? I want him to look at me and say, You look just like me. You act like me, you talk like me, you walk like me, you think like me. How many know when you're with somebody, you you start to think like them, talk like them, act like them, be like them? The problem with the church today is we're not practicing righteousness. We're doing it maybe on Sundays and Wednesdays, but all we practice, how many practices, this is Sundays and Wednesdays for the church is the game day. I mean, it's expected that you're going to show up to to the game Sunday, Wednesday. But the practice is the Monday, the Thursday, when nobody's looking, when nobody sees, when nobody knows. It's practicing righteousness, doing the, the right thing when nobody else knows. You get, you get something free somewhere or they make a mistake uh, and don't charge you the correct thing at Lowe's or, or whatever, and you realize the right thing is to say, hey, you didn't charge me right on you, you counted six and there's 12. Because you might say, well, the Lord's trying to bless me, but while he's blessing you, he's taking six, the, the money from their, their account because at the end of the day they're going to have to pay for what they didn't charge you for. It's doing the right thing all the time. Pastor, can we do that? We can try. We can try. How many know that's what practice is? Practice is trying. Trying to get perfect. Trying to get to where you win the game. Let's keep going here. Watch this. And everyone who has this hope in him, here's what we should do, purifies himself. Notice it doesn't say you purify me and I purify you purify ourselves just as he is pure the other verses say just as he is holy I should be holy now watch this he's going to start to break it down and make it real simple whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness and sin is lawlessness and you know that he was manifested to what take away our sins And in him, there is no sin. So the goal is to be the less sinful people we can possibly be. This is what a lot of churches aren't preaching today. Churches are preaching the opposite. Well, Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and everything's under the blood, and so it's all good, and we're going to go to heaven. And the Bible says that we're supposed to live like Jesus. And Jesus was sinless. Are we going to make mistakes? Yes. But we don't wake up saying, Lord, thank you for the mistakes I'm going to make today. Forgive me for the mistakes I'm going to make today. Instead of, Lord, help me not make mistakes today. Help me be righteous today. Help me be holy today. Help me be like you today. But church, you've got to start off practice by praying. you got to start off the day by getting in the word you got to start off the day by training your mind. How how many of us expect to be practicing righteousness during the day, but we haven't started practicing righteousness in the morning? If we don't get in the Word and pray, then we're going to be in our carnal minds. We're going to say carnal things, we're going to do carnal things, we're going to think carnal things, and we're going to look like the world. Are you reading with me? He came to take the sins away, and in him there is no sin. Here we go. Let's keep reading. Whoever abides in him does not sin. You see that? Whoever abides in him, meaning if we really take this serious and we really think every day when we wake up, Lord, you live in me. This body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And you are right here with me. It's like tonight when we come in. We don't do it on purpose, but sometimes don't we just come to church and sing the songs and go through the motions and go home and thank God we came. It's better to do that than not to come. But when we're praising and worshiping, do we really stop to think God is here? Like really here? That the Holy Spirit of God is in this place right now? And he, not me, is speaking to us through his word. We have to, that, that's part of, and this is, this is so applicable because, again, if you've ever played sports or been a coach or anything, you have to focus at practice. You have to say, I, I, don't, I don't really feel like being here. I'd rather be home. I want the game to come. But you've got to realize that practice is what makes Perfect. And so if I don't want to be a sinner anymore, then I've got to practice being a saint. I've been a sinner my whole life, and I'm telling you tonight, sinning's easy. Sinning doesn't take practice. Sinning doesn't even take thought. It's automatic. But righteousness, doing the right thing, doing what pleases God, thinking like God, having the mind of Christ takes practice so it says whoever abides in him does not sin whoever sins has neither now when he says that he's not saying make a mistake he is saying those who in my words tonight I'm going to get to what it says that actual word whoever sins has neither seen him or known whoever practices sin because tonight you're either practicing righteousness or you're practicing sin do you believe that you, c- you can't do both at the same time. Oil and water don't mix. So we have to make a, an attitude to say, God, I want to be walking in the Spirit, and, and I don't want to sin. I don't want to make mistakes. I'm not going to justify my flesh. Let's keep reading. Now here's, here's what I want you to see. Little children, let no one deceive you. And here's the word. He who practices righteousness is righteous. Just as he, and leave this verse up for a second, if you don't mind, is righteous. The King James right there for practice says, he who does righteousness. So he who does, you do. When you do something over and over again, when you do the right thing, it says, do anything does or do, anything you do good, you practice. To be good at anything, you have to practice. Is that true tonight? Except sin. That doesn't take practice. That's natural. We're, na- we're born sinners. Now, I want you to think about this as we keep reading. Watch, I want to show you one more thing. What was that last verse? It was 8, right? Let's go to eight, 7. Here's the 8. Go to 8. Thank you. He who sins is of the devil. He who practices sin is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy. Now, I want you to think about this real hard for a second. We need this kind of mentality. When I am practicing sin, when I am not dealing with my flesh, when I am doing things that I know are wrong, and I do it again and I do it again and I know it's wrong, I am acting like the devil. Do we? We don't. No one in here in your right mind wants to, as a believer, act like the devil. But I want you to understand, on a daily basis, church, that you are either at any moment acting like Jesus or you're acting like the devil. Is this true or not? Because if you're sinning and you're practicing sin, it says the devil's always done that. And so we need to get a revelation. I don't want to be, look like, sound like, act like, or even have the appearance of anything that has to do with the devil. Because he's my enemy and Jesus is my Lord. But don't we have today, wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree that maybe today in the church world we have a church that's very carnal? Come on. Hopefully that's not us. That's what we're trying not to be. That's why we preach like this. That's why we preach the word. That's why this Bible's full of these and I will never run out of sermons. Because this is why we come on a Wednesday night. So we can deal with things because we got to hear it or we're just going to be like the devil and practice sinning. I know if everyone in you asked you to raise your hand, no one here would say, I want to practice sin. But a lot of times we do. Because we don't take sin serious enough. So for this purpose. The Son of God was manifested, meaning he came on the scene, that he might destroy the works of the devil. So every time I practice sin, I'm in certain terms saying without saying, Jesus did not do enough. Can I get a whistle? That's what we're saying. Jesus, your blood was not enough. Because that verse tells me he destroyed the works of the devil. And if I practice sin as a believer, I'm saying the blood's not enough. I'm not saying it, but I'm saying it. Okay? Two more verses. Whoever has been born of God, this is important, does not sin. Doesn't mean they don't ever sin. Does not practice sin. That, that here, just, it's just always the simplest example. It's not the, the only one, but it's just a simple one that is easy to understand. When a couple is in church, and they're living together, and they come to church, and they're living together, and they come to church, and they hear messages, and they hear the Word of God preached, and they read the Bible, but they're living together, and they're not married, and they continue to live together, and they're not. It's just an example of lots of examples of sin, They know they need to be married. They know they need to get right. But they keep on living together. And they keep on sinning together. And they keep on sleeping together. And when Jesus comes back, they're not going to go. Because they're practicing sin. I'm just making that as a very black and white, simple to understand example. For any sin. Anything we practice. And we know it's wrong. And we keep on doing it is practicing sin. Okay? How many, how many are here tonight? Now that we've been born of God, I don't practice sin anymore. And if I'm practicing sin, I need Jesus to be more real in my life for me to understand that I am no longer a slave to sin. I am a slave to righteousness. For His seed remains in Him. He can't sin because he has, who, is he talking about Jesus there that can't sin? No, he who has been born of God. How many born again believers do I have in here tonight? I do want to see your hand. If you are a born again believer, if you are a born again believer, that verse tells you, you cannot practice sin. Amen? Amen? In this, the children of God and the children of devil are manifest. So he basically says, this is how we tell who the people of God are. This is how we tell who the people of the devil are. Whoever does not practice, see, we see the word again. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God. I don't care what you say. I don't care the Bible you hold. I don't care the songs you sing. If you don't practice righteousness, you're not of God. Because if you're of God, you're going to act like Him. And you're going to do it to the very best of the ability that God's given you and you're going to ask the Holy Spirit to help you and you're going to feed your mind with the word of God and you're going to pray and you're going to listen to music that's going to want to make you pray and read the Bible and you're going to be around people that want to make you pray and read the Bible and you're going to get in the right frame of mind and you're going to realize that sin doesn't have any control over you anymore and you can't say any longer I'm just so weak and I just can't handle myself because when you say that you're mocking the power of Jesus Christ. I'm not my own. I've been bought with a price. I was a slave to sin. Now I am a slave to righteousness. Amen. Nor is he who does not love his brother. So there's a constant battle. We talk about this all the time between what? Flesh and spirit. Paul said, today's what? Wednesday? What's tomorrow going to be? What do we need to do tomorrow morning? We need to wake up and crucify the flesh. Because we can't say, well, I did good today and tomorrow, because I did good today, I'm going to do tomorrow. good Do good tomorrow. You've got to wake up tomorrow and realize that the devil in his mind is saying, okay, you did good yesterday, but I'm going to get you today. I'm going to get you trip up. I'm going to be waiting for you. I'm going to tempt you. I'm going to put things in front of you. You wake up in the morning. You get your mind in the right. What I'm talking about here is practice. When I used to have to go to practice, I had to get my mind right because I didn't want to go. I wanted to play the game. I wanted to put my uniform on. There's no uniform at practice. It's boring at practice. It's just going through the motions. You're telling the coach, we know this play already. And the coach is saying, no, you don't or we'd be winning. Amen. You don't because we've been over it a million times and you still don't do it. Sometimes God is saying, we say, I got this. And God says, no, you don't. Get on your knees. Pray fast. Read the Bible. Become more like me. I need you to represent me. Church, listen to this statement very clearly. The world, if it's going to change, needs to see a people that are different than them. Otherwise, why would they change? They have to see something that's different. And they hate it right now, but inside, God is dealing with them and working with them. And God is looking for men and women here in Denton, Texas, to be an example of who Jesus Christ is so that they can see that there's something to come out of, something to be different like. But if they see the church just like them, they'll be like, I can go to the Kiwana Club. Or I can stay in this biker gang. I don't need to go to church. They're just like us. But if they see something different. So there's a battle, Galatians 5.17, between our flesh and our spirit, right and wrong, every day, every day. For the lust, the flesh, lust against the spirit. And the spirit fights against the flesh. So the question is, every single day, what are you practicing and what's winning? If you're practicing righteousness, you're winning spirit's winning. If you're practicing sin, flesh is winning. And listen, here's the good news about Jesus. If you've been practicing sinning tonight at the altar, you can say, Lord, I'm done practicing sinning. I'm going to give everything. I'm going to fully surrender to you tonight. And I'm going to become the righteousness of God that you've called me to be. I already am righteous in you, but I'm not acting like it. So the spirit and the, and, the, and the flesh fight. You see that there? And they're contrary to one another. So that and there, you do not do the things that you wish. Now as I begin to close, write, write this down if you're taking notes. This is, this is important. Practicing righteousness is not an option. Practicing righteousness is not an option. It's, not, hey, if you, it's like, hey, if you want to come to practice, you can. But you, you still play in the game. If you've ever been on a team where the coach didn't make you practice to play, you weren't on a real team. There may have been a team like that, and you really weren't really wanting to play sports because practice was mandatory. And sometimes it was on a Saturday. Sometimes it was the next day when you were super tired, but that practice was called, and the coach was going to see who was going to be there. Right? So this is important. Practicing righteousness is not an option. I'm going to show you in the Bible, Romans 6, 18. And having been set free from sin, so here's the thing. If I'm going to say, Lord, I accept your forgiveness, I want your forgiveness, I need your forgiveness, I believe in your forgiveness, then Jesus says, okay, but you are now my slave to righteousness. To righteousness you're going to call me yours, then you're my servant to righteousness. You are tied to righteousness. You are united with righteousness. And I cannot have you acting like you used to act anymore. It's not an option. You must practice righteousness. Here's something to think about to take home on a Wednesday night. Because this is the core of the church right here. This is our church core. Not the people on Sunday morning that don't come to Wednesday nights are not important, but the ones that come back on Wednesday, we just know that this is the core because we're the radical ones that actually come back in the middle of the week. We come to church twice. here's, Here's what I want you to think about. Proverbs 25, 26. A righteous man who falters, or in other words, a righteous person who makes mistakes or doesn't do the right thing before the wicked... It's like a murky spring and a polluted well. So I'm talking to people who are mature here tonight that I believe want to do great things for God. If, if you're not that person, then this isn't this message. If, if you're not that person, by the way, 99% of the messages aren't for you. Because if you don't realize this, the Bible is for Christians. We're, we're trying to get people saved at these services, but the real work, ha- this is practice. The real work happens at your workplace. The real work happens at the supermarket. The real work happens at your neighborhood. The real work happens at the gas station when you're being Jesus around the place. But here, we need to deal with people who are serious about God, and we're, we, this isn't a social club. We're talking to people who want to do something amazing for God. So I'm, I believe that every single one of us, especially on a Wednesday night, are here because we want to do something for God. And if that's the case, then I think if I make that mistake before a wicked person, then what I'm supposed to be, which is this spring water. Like here's an example. On, at the parade on sun, Saturday, we passed out hundreds, maybe thousands of bottles of water, and most of them were super nice and cold from the ice people were, st- it was so stinking hot that people were, st- usually years past, they were like, eh, no, 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 no. People were begging for the water. And, and people don't say it in the world today, but they're begging for true water, real living water. They want something that's going to quench their thirst. So what would have happened as we're passing out these waters, if we'd have had these waters sitting around for months and they had murky stuff in them. And we're giving them this water, and they open it up, and they see something floating in it. It's supposed to be refreshing. They're supposed to, if they don't remember anything else, go, man, those people passed out the best water I've ever had in my life at that parade. Because in that heat, it tasted like the best water ever. But Proverbs tells me that if I don't, if I make that mistake before the wicked, my spring is like murky water or my well is polluted. So that's for those here who want to be challenged. As you bow your heads and close your eyes, are you practicing righteousness? This is for all of us. None of us have arrived. None of us have made it. We're still on this earth. But God wants us to stand up and live a life holy and acceptable to him. He wants us to live a life that says, not our our mouths, our life that says, I believe in what Jesus did on the cross for me. And I want to do everything in my power to live and walk and talk and act and think like Jesus. Practicing righteousness. Doing righteousness. James talks about if we're not doing it right, it's like we look at the Bible and we read it on a Wednesday night and we walk away and we forget what it said. No application. No change. Can you be perfect tonight? That Bible said you can. How? By practicing righteousness. Proverbs 13, 6. Just listen to this as we close. I'm going to open these altars up. Righteousness guards him whose way is blameless. When you are walking a righteous life, it guards you. But wickedness overthrows the sinner. Holy Spirit, we need you. We need your conviction. We need your power. We need your will in our lives tonight, Jesus. Practice makes perfect. How do you become a person of prayer? You practice praying. How do you become a a faithful tither? You practice tithing. How do you become a great witness? You practice witnessing. How do you become a great father or mother of God to your children? You practice being a great mother or father of God to your children. Whatever you want to be good at, and I hope that what you want to be good at tonight is for the Lord, you got to practice it. It's got to be on your lips. It's got to be in your spirit. It's got to be consistent and constant. It's got to be what it's gotta be what you wake up in the morning thinking about and what you go to bed at night thinking about, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the power of God, heaven, righteousness, goodness, faithfulness. Galatians says whatever things are pure, or sorry, Philippians, pure and honest and of good report, think on these things. Think on these things. And you're watching things, reading things, listening to things that are feeding your flesh. Garbage in, garbage out. It's hard enough as it is without feeding your flesh. Holy Spirit, help us tonight. This is the stuff that makes us great, that makes us the true church, that, that gives us the living water that we can give to others. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed all across this place. Maybe you're here and you don't even know Jesus. When I asked, have you been born of God, you don't even know what that is. Maybe you're watching online and you say, what does that mean to be born of God? It means you were born once in the flesh. You were born once a sinner. You were born once on a path to hell, separated from God because of our sin. But now you can be born again and have a new life, have a fresh start. All your sins can be forgiven. They can be thrown into the sea of forgetfulness tonight. How many all over this place would say, Pastor, I want that forgiveness. Just lift your hand up. Put it right back down. I've never been born again. All across this place. Maybe you're backsliding. Maybe you're you're here tonight and you're thinking, Man, I'm practicing sin more than I'm practicing righteousness. I'm... I'm fooling people. People think I'm living a righteous life, but I'm not. Church, don't fake living for God. Don't do it. Why do I say that? Because that's what God said. Jesus said, Are you either be hot or cold. If you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out. So make a choice tonight. I'm going to go all in for God, or I'm just going to go live in this world and get what I can get before I spend eternity without God. That's not what God wants for you tonight. If he's speaking to you and challenging you tonight and that conviction's heavy on you, just respond to the conviction. There's no condemnation in this place tonight. It's conviction. Let's stand to, the, to our feet, and I want to say a prayer for those on watching online or listening on the podcast before we open the altars. How many want to practice Righteousness. I want to be good at it, I do you're good at what you practice, whatever you do a lot of you're good at it. Let I me mean, you know we some of us some of us were some really good sinners, right? I bet some of you would admit I was a good sinner, like I was good at it. I want to be good at magnifying Jesus. I want to be good at glorifying Jesus. I want to be good at being an example that people can look at and say, I know who he used to be, but that's not who he is now. Some of you are from Denton. Some of you, everybody in your family knows your past. It's going to take a while. It's going to take a while. But they're watching. They're looking. And every time they see you do the right thing, they're, they're, marking, they're not telling you, oh, good job, but they're, they're watching. They're waiting for you to fall. They're waiting for you to fail, but you're going to prove them wrong. And you're going to do what's right over and over again and over and over again and over and over again until Jesus comes back so that we can be called blameless, so that we can be the church without spot or without wrinkle when he comes back. Let's say this prayer for those watching online. Lord Jesus. We believe you're the son of God and you came down from heaven in a fleshly body, born of a virgin, born by the Holy Spirit to live a perfect life and die on the cross to pay the penalty of sin for me. I believe that tonight and I confess with my mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord and I believe you rose from the dead and you're sitting at the right hand of the Father praying for me right now Jesus I accept you, I believe you and I surrender to you tonight I'm yours for the rest of my life I'm going to walk with you, lead me Holy Spirit in the way that I should go. Thanks again for listening. In Jesus' name. want to name. hear more messages, please Amen. subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.